Hey everybody, welcome to the Culture Club. This is your host, Maurice. For this episode, we spoke to Selena Jade, the lead actress of Wolf Warrior 2, Zanlang R. The film is now well on its way to grossing 5 billion RMB, that's billion with a B, making it China's most popular movie ever. Selena and I have known each other for years. In fact, when she was probably around five years old. We grew up on the same street in Hong Kong and our parents were great friends. So it makes me very happy to see such tremendous success for her. She was in Beijing recently to promote the film, and we got a chance to sit down with her at the cinema club at Chow. We caught up on old times, as well as a wide variety of topics, both lighthearted and serious. I think the interview will give you a good idea who Selena really is, now that she's a big movie star and all. But it's a Selena that I remember. Smart, funny, down to earth, chilled, and very, very talented. So here, without further ado, the interview with Selena Jade. So we're very fortunate to have with us today the uber-talented Selena Jade. Um, actress, model, singer, songwriter, martial artist, also an entrepreneur and philanthropist, an active advocate for sustainability and climate change. So, hello, Selena. Hi, everybody. Hey. Uh, we know your schedule is back to back, so we appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Happy to be here with an old friend. I've yes. known Mo since I was like five, six, I don't know. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Younger than me. At the time. Yeah. Um, so, first, congratulations on the success of the film. Wolf Warrior 2. Thank you. And uh, it's become the China's biggest ever box office hit. Um, but our chat today isn't going to be about that. Um, I'm sure you had so many press interviews during your time here. Yeah. Um, None in English, though, so this is refreshing. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Have you spoken to many uh, foreign press about this film? Uh, I haven't. I have a bunch of interviews I have to do at home, like mm-hmm. uh, respond to, but I haven't. Uh, okay. <laughs> I actually just got a reminder email. Please respond to these. Yeah, I saw on Variety, um, but it's kind of like a, uh, more about the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, what was the movie like? I mean, we said we weren't talk about it, but I mean, it's got to be, it's got to change a lot of things for you in terms of your career, in terms of your personal life. Yeah, it it does. Um, no, so in terms of my career, I think the greatest thing is now I can tell people I have numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, because before this, I mean, look, you know, movie business is still a business, right? So. When you go in for auditions and stuff in the U.S., very often, I found, um, they would go with the actress with the numbers, which Mm. is your box office numbers, especially because there are very limited Asian roles in Hollywood movies and and very limited number of Asian actors or actresses that speak English that can Mm. cross over. So now that I finally have those numbers, I can compete on that level. Mm -hmm. Super excited and, you know, excited to see what doors open for me in that sense. Personal life-wise, it's definitely been an adjustment. I lost my privacy like <laughs> overnight. Um, it's pretty funny. Like I was, I, I know that a lot of people have seen it in China, but I went back to Hong Kong, and it's not out in Hong Kong yet. Although I found out it's coming out in September. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, get home and next morning wake up, go to a coffee shop, and in my shorts and flip-flops and t-shirt <laughs> and looking like I just, you know, got hit by a truck. Um, and then all these Chinese 
mainland Chinese um, tourists came up and were like, hey, you're the oh, male. Really? And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to suck. They, they, they got that like, are you? Are you? You are. Yeah. No, but they were, they knew my name and everything, which was crazy. And, of course, like the Hong Kong people were like, who's this chick? <laughs> you go by Selena in Hong Kong, right? And yeah. And then you go by your Chinese name here. Right. So I was, because like for the last um, eight eight years, I guess, I've been working mostly out of the U.S. Mm -hmm. and shooting. I was on Arrow for a bit. I've been doing movies over there. And so I've always gone by Selena Jade. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember when I first joined the sets of Wolf Warrior, everyone was like, Shan Jie, Shan Jie, which is like, my Chinese name is Lu Ting Shan. Um, oh, and, Shan Jie. And yeah, and I was like, you know, I didn't react yeah, because yeah. I, I didn't even know to react. I'm mm -hmm. not used to people calling me that. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm slowly getting used to people calling me Lu Ting Shan. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely an adjustment. Yeah, or at least they're not calling you Xiao Lu or right, yeah. right, yeah. But no, although like on set, there's a running joke because there's this guy that kept he was like Chang Wu, right? Mm -hmm. And he kept saying like Salina or like no, he goes <laughs> Salina, right? And then I was like, my name is not Salina, <laughs> my name is Selina. And he said, ah, my English is He's like, my English is not good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, Su Qing the Su, Selina. But the, the, there are certain English, like, they this pronounce very differently. Like, N is un. Un. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually still have a hard time trying to pronounce, the, like, the Chinese English alphabet. Ah, yeah. see, I, I don't know. Like, J is go. What? Yeah. Go. Quiz is a hook. Oh. Oh. Yeah, so I remember, I remember this one time I was calling, like, um, a confirmation number. Oh, what's right. your confirmation number? I was trying to read them English right. characters, but they couldn't understand me. Like, C is se. Say? I think so, yeah, something like that. But it's never, yeah. Oh, I should probably. <laughs> not, not easy. Ask me. Um, but anyway, you were saying about um, audition. So it's interesting now. I mean, I wanted to kind of ask you this. is Like, the, the whole climate of social media and everything, now this generation being so obsessed with kind of everything that's online, does that affect kind of, you talk about numbers, does that affect the, the audition and the selection process? Like, what the social media image of this person is mm. um, found is that have an impact on your auditions absolutely i mean you know your it doesn't have an impact on your auditions but it impacts the selection process for sure mm. um, a lot of people look at weibo numbers mm -hmm. um, you know when it comes to choosing the right actors and things like that um, and even in the states people look at twitter followers and facebook followers and the the pay is appropriately scaled to depending on your following um so yeah it's a business it's yeah. a business right and you know in in essence what we stand for is like a is like a media channel we're mm -hmm. like our own magazine or our own tv channel in a way yeah. right so what do you stand for as a brand mm -hmm. what it what are you what are you yeah what do you stand for you know it's interesting you mentioned this because you are a, uh, a business student right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i studied economics <laughs> and management yeah no, because it, it's true. Like it's a uh, everybody has a brand now, um, and it's a uh, it's kind of weird to think that everybody kind of manages themselves like a brand. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, in China, you see that a lot. Mm. Um, people who have a very strong personal brand kind of actually have access to a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why even for marketing, right? A lot of people are looking for the right KOL. You know, like mm -hmm. that didn't exist in the past, right? Yeah. Like, who's the key opinion leader in? in food or the F&B industry or in fashion. Mm -hmm. And that's just people who have created su successful brands out there. Mm. So what 
what interests you? Like, what is your kind of passion creatively? Like, what is it that you, what drove you to kind of be, I mean, your father famously is a martial art, mm. martial artist and also an actor. Your mom is also quite well Famous known in the- martial artist, terrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him always being the cool dad with the, with the ponytail. Yeah, yeah. He's um, still the cool dad with the ponytail. <laughs> and uh, your mom was also in the film business. Um, and you know, well known for distributing films and uh, producing films. Um, so, what kind of you know, when you're young, I mean, what was it that caught you about this you know, being in this industry, being entertainment? Mm. Well, for me, I, I never wanted to be an actor. Like mm. it was always kind of my dad's thing. I really admired people who did drama and who could act, but it just I was, I, you know, me. I was super introverted, mm -hmm. and people would never believe that, but I was actually introverted as a kid. Um, your sister was the one that was crazy she's still crazy <laughs> like you think I'm extroverted she's like a billion times more yeah, extroverted there, there's a photo that I saw that you sent me was like a, her in the back like that was a I think you sent this in, in the group of my mom that had this crazy smile with the glasses yeah yeah yeah, yeah she's yeah. so cute um, yeah so I was, I was always very introverted and my only ways of communicating as a child was really through music mm -hmm. um, that's that's the way I related to people and related to what was happening you know my environment so I always I always wanted to be a singer um, mm -hmm. as a kid I wanted to be a singer and then when I was um, when I was 15 I won a singing competition and a record label like a record contract which brought me to Hawaii where I recorded my first EP and came back and released it so I, I never, I really never thought about acting. Mm. Um, but then after, um, so, okay, it's a little bit of a long story, but okay. So no, we, we have some time. <laughs> yeah. So when I was, when I signed my first like record contract when I was 15, um, it, it was quite successful. It was with a producer called Tetsuya Komuro in, in, the, in Japan. Um, yeah. So I was signed to Tetsuya Komuro in Japan. He's pretty well known as a... Um like music, uh, music yeah yeah like a pop artist uh, producer yeah. yeah yeah but then yeah and it, and it was <laughs> successful like the music was successful however um they wanted me to quit school mm -hmm. and um tour full-time and give me a handsome salary and stuff and my dad was at that time a professor by mm -hmm. then um and so i basically asked myself one question i said am i becoming someone i admire mm -hmm. and the answer was no <laughs> but that's very mature for 14. I'm an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old soul. Um, but, you know, also, like, even if I had a 10-year run in my career, what would I do when I was 25? Mm -hmm. So then I decided to quit um, the record label and the contract, which quickly led to the reality or the, um, yeah, quickly read to, led to me perceiving the reality of entertainment is that it's a business. So they they stopped investing in me. Everything kind of went downhill from there. And I and I realized that it really was a business. I was a product. I was yeah. a commercial product. Except I had no control over my brand, yeah. right? I wasn't singing songs that I wrote. I had no voice. Mm -hmm. I had to respond to interviews in the way they wanted me to respond in, wear clothes they wanted me to wear. And I thought, I don't want that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not the kind of artist I admire. How can I admire myself if I'm not? becoming someone I admire. Mm -hmm. So then I I decided, okay, since I love music and this is something I really believe will be my path at some point to connect with people, um, I should study business. Mm -hmm. So I went to LSC. I studied um, economics and management. Still couldn't get the entertainment performing bug out of my system. Yeah. Um, graduated, 
and then did a year of music in London, came back to Hong Kong, signed a record label. And the no, that was the Paco? Yeah, with um, Golden Typhoon, which is a subsidiary of EMI. Mm. Um, so then I did that, and um, Paco basically came up to me and was like, yo, your dad's like this martial arts guy. Can you fight? I was like, sure, I can fight. And he's like, well, there's a movie called Legendary Assassin and a director called Wu Jing. Mm who is looking for his lead actress. And he goes, look, your chances are slim because he's looking at some famous people, but you should go try out. So I was like, okay, I went, you know, did some moves, mm. um, some reading, and then forgot about it. Mm. And then a few weeks later, he calls me up. He's like, they want to use you. I'm like, oh, uh, I said I could fight. I never <laughs> said I could act. <laughs> you know, modeling does not, does not like equate to acting. Mm. Um, and I actually tried to push back on it. I said, you know, look, I have no box office pull. You're mm. not going to get a return on your investment. You know, yeah. <laughs> like all my economics turns the opportunity cost of doing this is this <laughs> like, um, and, and I was You're like, trying to be responsible. Yeah. But, and also because I didn't want my kids to make fun of me someday. Cause my mm. sister and I make fun of my dad all the time. We're like, you're such a great martial artist, but yeah. your acting is just terrible. So you guys watch his movies growing up. We didn't. We watched some, and then it was so bad that we <laughs> were just like, Dad, you should never act. Um, but no, I, to be fair to him, though, back in those days, they dubbed like, these mm. Chinese movies, so he didn't have lines. They'd tell him to count, so he'd be like, you know, three, eight, oh, seven, really? wow. 26, 54, oh, 13. I didn't, I didn't realize it was all... I know, and they dub over it. Yeah, it was nonsense. Mm. So to be fair to him, it was that. But, you know... Nonetheless, we made fun of him. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, I have a good education. People are going to make fun of me for the rest of my life <laughs> if I <laughs> appear on the big screen. But then one of my friends who's an actor basically said, look, you know, like you've been given an opportunity of a lifetime. All these actresses, actors, they die to be, you mm -hmm. know, lead actor in their first movie. You should yeah. try. So I met with Wu Jing again, and he convinced me. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, we'll, we'll this develop. Is, this is the gentleman that's where, uh, that you filmed this film with. Yeah, yeah, so Wu Jing is also the director of Wolf 42. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I was on Wolf 42 is because I owe him my entire <laughs> acting career. Because, um, you know, I, I never would have would would have explored that. Um, so when he when he shot Wolf Warrior One, imagine, you know, he's he's my friend. He mm -hmm. shot Wolf Warrior One. He invested in Wolf Warrior One. Mm -hmm. He came to me and asked me to play a role, but I was working on Arrow, so I didn't have time to to mm -hmm. do that. Um, lo and behold, when Wolf Warrior 2 came along, he actually um, called me kind of out of the blue and said, I, I need, you know, someone yeah. fast. And can I count on you? Can mm. you come? So, yeah, that's how I <laughs> ended up here. And all of a sudden, this movie's a big hit. And I'm like, okay, didn't that's, quite expect this to happen. Yeah, it's like whirlwind, too. Yeah, total whirlwind. Yeah. Total whirlwind. Well, that's good. I think uh, opportunities like that is one of those things where, it's like that sliding door concept, you know, like you open this door, you close this door, then a whole kind of natural evolution of things can happen. Right, exactly. Yeah. And you just got to go with the flow. I mean, I always wanted to be a singer and songwriter, and I still sing, I still write, but, um, you know, life was pushing me in the, in the direction of, of movies more. So then I was like, okay, how do I be adaptable? Maybe I can write music and place it in films or TV that I'm, uh, that I'm in mm -hmm. and also see that, you know, in the end, like the, at a deeper level, I'm doing the same thing. It's an art. I'm connecting with the audience, you know, mm -hmm. and um, relating to them just through a different form. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. So what kind of music do you like? I mean, what do you like to, what do you listen to? What's on your... Oh, man, I hate this question because I feel like people are going to judge me. 
<laughs> it's, it's not it's not Avril Lavigne, is it? Uh, no, <laughs> it was when I was 14. Um, you know what? Right now, I'm kind of as obsessed with like Indian, mm-hmm. traditional Indian music and okay. chants. Um, yeah, I just I just love Indian music, but I so still it's a, it's fall a layers for... of it that 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 soothing kind of feeling. Yeah, and the different ragas, like different ragas, like it evokes different emotions um, and the tablas and, you know, the mridong, like that sound. It just, Mm. it's so different, you know? You try some Tibetan music. Tibetan? Yeah, Uh, I'll I'll send you a few. Uh, It's quite good too. It's one of those things where you you really have to listen to it. There's like layers and layers, but then you don't know what's really going on. It's not really, there's no real melody. Right. Yeah. No, it's cool. It's just so different that it's it's cool. Um, but I'm still I mean, I'm also obsessed with Ed Sheeran. So I've like two <laughs> two personalities. <laughs> like as pop as it gets. Oh. Yeah. Ed Sheeran Ed Sheeran has street cred. Huh? He Does he street, have street cred? Yeah, he has okay, street cred, okay. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Third and Man, he has yeah. such a like sexy voice. Yeah. Yeah. You never actually and writing. You, you can never actually imagine the person singing it. No. Like you just listen to the yeah, but that's that's beauty. That's the beauty of it. So, what kind of music? I mean, are you looking to get back to making music, or? Um, you know, it's funny because like every time I show up on a TV show here, they're all like, "Sing, sing, sing," you know. <laughs> it's, it does. That's kind of like chi- it's very typical of. Oh, uh, of China, yeah. really? Oh, and the other day, right? The um, talent show—they make you do stuff that you're good at. Yeah, and I know, and like it, it's crazy. I feel a bit like a circus show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I'm like I'm, I'm I, I can do a lot of things, but I'm not really like jack of all trades, master mm-hmm. of none, you know? Uh, but that's kind of what an actor is—you know, mm-hmm. being able to play different roles. But I went on this TV show, and they were like, "Oh, I, I heard you do archery, which I do. Mm-hmm. I haven't shot in a long time." And they're like, "Oh, we just want you to come and show the the and like the host, mm-hmm. how to pull a bone. You know, how to pull—is it pull a bow? Yeah, yeah. I, I, an arrow. I, I forgot yeah. the name. My my <laughs> archery teacher in Vancouver is going to kill me. Um, but you know, I was like, "Sure, I'd love to." It's a live audience mm-hmm. uh, TV show, and guess what? They actually bring out the target and like real a real bow and like all these real arrows, and I'm supposed to shoot. And you know how embarrassing it would be if I didn't get the target, or or you shot an audience, or if I, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? And the and the host is like standing in front of me. I'm like, um, you know, this is a weapon. You need to stand behind me. Like, let <laughs> that, me just that'd be a good headline. It's like. Yeah. Oh, that would not be a good headline. <laughs> my PR. Jing yeah. shot somebody. My PR team would be would be yeah not happy about that. But yeah, so I'm music. A lot of people are coming up to me and saying, you know, you should write again and sing. And yeah, I'm open to it. But right now, I just I have no time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess I mean you can continue your, your film career. Um, and I think one of the things you mentioned before was the idea of you know um, Asian roles, especially in Hollywood films. Now you're seeing kind of this push for Chinese films because of the you know Chinese market in films and also the the appetite for films here. Um, do you see that changing in the states in in Hollywood? Do you think there's going to be more? I mean, obviously they got more films produced in China, mm. but more you know Asian roles and not just the kick-ass kung fu roles, but mm. also you know like lead roles, mm. um, drama and comedy. Um, is that something you want to kind of continue doing as well? Like- absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's definitely, it's been a trend for the last few years that, you know, Hollywood, I mean, Hollywood is a declining mm. market. You know, the box office sales, the domestic market in the States is getting smaller and smaller. So the, a lot of films are, are relying on international sales. Um, and if you look at Wolf Warrior 2, I think we're at 
we were last night at 600 and 700 million or something crazy mm. US dollars. Um, so, you know, it just makes sense for Hollywood to start saying, okay, I need to start making films that Chinese people can relate to mm. because that's where the money is. Um, again, it's a business. Um, and not just Transformers. And right. But yeah. the, the, pr the problem that, that they've had for a long time is there aren't that many crossover actresses mm. because when you're acting in your second language, it's still, it's difficult. Right. Like I tried to act in French. I can speak a little bit of French, but, you know, if I'm thinking about how am I pronouncing myself, then I'm not in, in my character. Or you end up like your dad. just Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so that's why it's such an exciting time for me, because, yeah, I'm fluent in Mandarin, but I'm also fluent in, in English. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I understand the culture. Mm -hmm. Right. Because when you're acting in different language films, you have to understand the culture of yeah. your character. So any other ambitions um, for film? Like, do you plan on um, making a film or directing a film in the future? Um, I don't know about directing. I think I'd, more I'd be more interested in producing mm -hmm. at some point. Um, it's, it's in my head. I, I'd like to develop some projects, more strong female roles and uh, female-driven movies. Um, this is more accessible than, than ever now. Yeah. Um, to and more platforms to actually distribute. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I'd love to also do films with more social relevance. Mm -hmm. um, that excites me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, speaking of that, I mean, you're a big advocate of um, sustainability and vegetarianism because of sustainability. Um, what kind of initially drove you to that? Like, is it something that you feel like is your upbringing, um, living in Discovery Bay? <laughs> or is it, you know, what was the kind of the... the to drive that because you're very vocal about it as well mm. well i mean like my father was always an advocate mm -hmm. for like the environment for sustainability and for a long time i kind of fought that because it was just like my dad's thing it's just like god it's like do we thing, have yeah. yeah it's a hippie thing mm -hmm. and i was like god do we have to go to a vegetarian restaurant like i just want a burger yeah it, i really was you know like that um and then it, it all started with a boy meeting a boy that my my dad <laughs> introduced me to. Um, but no, what happened was in 2012, I got into a really bad um, burn accident. Do you mm -hmm. know? Do you know about this? No? Yeah, you, you mentioned sort it. Sort of. Yeah. And it was it was from cooking. Right? right. Yeah. So I was cooking. I got into a bad accident. I got third degree burns. I was very lost. Everybody had a different, you know, um, uh, like solution as like to Chinese <laughs> Chinese remedies, like right? Chinese remedies. Not just Chinese remedies, Western remedies. Like everyone had some something different to say. All the mm. different doctors had something different to say, and it was just a pain in the butt mm. because it was painful. Um, I had to go into the hospital every day. Every time they took out the bandages, rip off my skin. It was awful. Mm. Um, and and this guy that my dad introduced me to, um, Christian. He, Christian, yeah, he at the time was my boyfriend, and he basically said to me, he said, um, you should try food because mm -hmm. food can heal. And I was like, you know, I'll try anything. Because he always told me he lost both of his parents, mm -hmm. uh, one to cancer, one to heart problems. And, and he said, had I known earlier about the power of food, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have lost my mom so young. Um, and so I was lost, and I was like, I'll try anything. So he told me to go full vegetarian, uh, actually vegan, mm -hmm. cut out all dairy, all seafood, all meats, all processed foods, eat only whole foods, nothing with any artificial sweeteners, anything artificial, mm -hmm. right? No sugars unless yeah. it's natural. 
um, and and juicing every day, like a green juice in the morning, a sun juice in the morning, green juice in the afternoon, and then um, and just whole grains, mm -hmm. whole grains and stuff. And I healed within a few weeks oh, wow. to the point where the doctors in the hospital were, were like, "What have you been doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what is going on? How is your how are your like you know wounds healing so fast?" Um, and they had told me, they're like, you know, you're going to have keloid scars that stick out that are really dark red in color. And I'm an actress, obviously, mm -hmm. and a model back then. And yeah. I was I was very concerned. But I was healing flat. Like, all my wounds were healing flat and very white, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I said, I've just changed my diet, right? And so because of that, because of that direct experience, I realized the power of food. And with realizing the power of food, I started doing more research and watching documentaries on food, but also on how a vegetarian diet is actually the most environmentally friendly thing you can do. Mm -hmm. In Hong Kong, I always thought it was just like recycle and turn off the lights, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, don't waste water. Like, don't, mm -hmm. you know, keep the turn tap, off the tap. Yeah, yeah. Turn off the tap. But actually what's, what's causing an issue is the amount of land that goes to livestock. Mm -hmm. You know, all the methane that, that cows and, and ox produce um, that's causing the climate change, causing uh, causing acidity in our waters and killing all our seafood. And and so... Complete sidebar. Yeah. Have you have, have you tried the Impossible Burger? No. What is that? It's, um, it's made by these um, scientists in, in Stanford. Oh. So they actually made an entire burger that bleeds. So uh -huh. they use like beetroot for uh -huh. the blood. Um, and you can get it like medium rare and it tastes like meat. It looks like meat and it's all vegan. Yeah, we had that on our menu. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that on our menu. And people would come in thinking they're eating beef, hmm. um, which was, yeah. Uh, because you know what happened is one of our customers actually went to, because we started a restaurant in Hong Kong. We didn't uh, market it as a vegetarian restaurant, because hmm. if you market it as a vegetarian restaurant, immediately their people would be turned off. Half the people would. Right, would not even try it. So we never marketed it as a vegetarian restaurant. And so, you know, people would come and order that burger, um, which was a beetroot mushroom-based burger, eat it, and come back and say, I, I don't want, can you please cook it more? This is too medium rare for me. I mm -hmm. want it, you know, well done. And we're like, it's not beef. <laughs> <laughs> you're eating vegetables. You're fine. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I didn't know there, it was called the Impossible Burger. Yeah, so they actually made it to, um, I think, I don't even think they use soy, but it's... Um, it's something that they created actually to mass produce and actually you can distribute to different channels. Mm. Um, and uh, these fake eggs as well that they're doing now, I think um, uh, Le Gazing, he invested in, he actually invested in another company out of Silicon Valley that makes fake eggs. Really? It's, well, it's not fake eggs, but it's like um, synthetic. Well, not it sounds terrible, but. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a substitute. Sounds like something that would be off my list of <laughs> food. <laughs> we have a lot of fake eggs in China too. Right. Um, it's not that kind. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> you you were you were saying sorry uh, um, before I cut you off with a random. I totally forgot. No, just that that's how I got into food and sustainability and and stuff. And I'm not like strict, you know. I I don't believe in in putting like very strict boxes around how I live my life. But if I can, you know, have make a choice more often than not that is sustainable and environmentally friendly, why not, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. that's why as the reason why we started this restaurant 
in the past is because we need to give people the option to to make those choices. If if vegetarian food tastes like crap, nobody's gonna go and mm-hmm. and and put their money or yeah. Yeah, it's a it, it's it's tough too. Is I mean, living in Hong Kong was very difficult to eat a certain way. Everything had yeah. I mean, it's just the the and it was always about efficiency and being fast. Mm-hmm. Right, let's go grab a lunchbox. Let's go grab a sandwich. Mm. Um, you often sacrifice that. Right. But if you work in the food industry and you see the kind of food you're, you're actually being served, mm-hmm. you would want to spend the time and yeah. cook or Kit- Kitchens to... are not for the faint, faint-hearted. Yeah, really. You'd want to spend the time to go and, and, and get something that's healthy or fresh. Mm-hmm. So you cook at home a lot then? Yeah, 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 I do. I love cooking. You're a good cook? I, I am a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I learned how to cook um, at an ashram. I go every year to an ashram to like meditate and oh, okay. offer seva, which is kind of like a voluntary service. And my seva is cooking. Hmm. So, I, I, yeah, I love cooking. Um, I guess a few other tidbits um, I wanted to ask you. Um, you you kind of uh, are proudly Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to a local school, like you said, and then... Mm-hmm. You, you kind of, you really identify, even though you're a Chinese American, you really identify being Chinese and mm-hmm. Hong Kong. Um, first, what do you kind of see as the, it's kind of a serious question, but what do you see as the future for Hong Kong entertainers? Because, um, like you said, not a lot of people can cross over, kind of quite like you. I think you're a uh, unique um, talent in the sense that, you, like you said, you're both fluent language, you're bio, bicultural. You have multiple talents that you can act, you can sing, you can you can do martial arts, and it's much easier for circus you to, monkey. <laughs> much easier for you to cross over. Um, mm. Whereas Chinese Hong Kong artists, especially, you having a hard time. You seem to have a hard time, both language, even with culture, to kind of have the stage here in China. In China, mm. um, internationally, and also in China, mostly in China, mm. uh, you would think they cross over much easier. Mm. Um, we grew up watching a lot of uh, all our. I mean, at least my heroes are. Kong entertainers. Mm. What do you kind of see as the, the future? Like, do you see more people like yourself, um, or do you see kind of because you're in that scene as well in Hong Kong? Mm. What's your kind of perspective on it? Well, I mean, the way I see it is just like you know, you go to Shanghai, right? And people, the dialect is Shanghainese, right? <coughs> um, but it's still China, right? Yeah. Speak Mandarin. So Hong Kong Cantonese is a dialect, like. We need to like Hong Kong people need to be aware like they are Chinese, mm-hmm. right? Like so, like learn Chinese. There's there's no excuse not to not to go and 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 learn it and and open up your market, like open up your future, mm-hmm. right? Of course, like if you choose, okay, no, I'm happy. I just want to stay in Hong Kong and and continue. That's fine. But there's gonna be more and more films that are coming out of China, mm-hmm. right? So it's just it's all everybody has their own will be like your own goals and mm. it's just how far do you want to go right yeah. for me i don't feel like it's enough for me i, I want to go and challenge myself yeah. right so um you know there's there's still going to be a, a market in hong kong for local hong kong films but it's going to get smaller and smaller it's been getting smaller and mm. smaller so if you're an actress and you're you want to go beyond that then then you know like yeah. you gotta you gotta yeah. go and 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 fit in mm-hmm. you know and fit in and and be part of this exciting movement and contribute yeah and contribute absolutely 
you know, open your hearts, open your minds, go, go and contribute. Like you're here, we're here. Like, yeah, it's just close mindedness, that kind of thing. But that's, I guess, another big topic. I think it's, that's why it's really refreshing to see like someone like yourself who's really embraced the opportunity to come to China and actually enjoy it. Right. And actually doing things your way, you know, like managing your own brand, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and also it's like, I feel like Hong Kong, it's stuck. You know, it's it's really stuck. I mean, you're not English guys; you're Chinese. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't get it. Um, and and I think for me, the most exciting thing about being in China, like Wolf Warrior, is a very patriotic film, which is great. Like, yeah. you know, um, and and some people will will say, you know, well, it's Chinese propaganda. It's like, hello, then Captain America is Chinese propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sorry, Captain America is American propaganda. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is a patriotic film. Like, this is what, it's cool. I Every think it's action movie, cool. Hollywood action movie is an American propaganda. Exactly, <laughs> right? So I think that, um, I lost myself a bit, but um, totally lost my train of thought. You were talking about propaganda, patriotic film, opportunities in yeah, oh yeah, so what excites me the most, right? Yeah. What excites me the most is right now it's about, um, you know, patriotism, and that's what's, you know, kind of making this film very successful. But I believe with a country like China, because it has such a good, like, yeah, it's collectivist, right? It's a very collectivist society. So imagine putting that power towards like sustainability mm -hmm. or turning around like, you know, climate change. If anybody can do it, it's China, man. And they're actually doing it. Yeah, like it's not gonna be democracy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Democracy, it's gonna be a very long process yeah. and getting everyone on the same page. But you know, with some, with a power like China, we can make a change to the world. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, it's just like such an exciting time to be here. Yeah. Like I would love to see that happen. It is an exciting time. It's kind of the thing that as much as people bash on living here, it's a place where, the only place right now that anything is kind of possible still. Mm. And um, it's scary, but also fun when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that scary. Like when I'm here, I I haven't really, it's blue skies and white clouds today, <laughs> you know? Like it's, it's uh, actually, I mean, it's scary nice. not so much in, in that. I mean, the scary is that the prospect is scary because anything is possible. Right, right, right. But at the same time, it's very exciting. Like mm. being young and also being Chinese, you feel the energy mm. that people are always trying to do better or get better or improve. And, right. Um, hustle. And right. that energy, for me, was Hong Kong. Mm. Define Hong Kong. And now I kind of, you're right, I mean, it kind of lost a little bit of footing. Yeah, it's stuck. Yeah. But I feel like because Chinese culture is so collectivistic and, you know, there's such a community um, feeling like it's such a community driven culture mm. that you know I really think that it would you know it's going to move towards the betterment of the world because it's collectivistic it's mm. not individualistic yeah. right because if it's individualistic it's just like you know it could be corporate greed or whereas if it really is collectivistic I don't know I'm very optimistic <laughs> so I'm excited yeah speaking of optimism mm. Um, any bucket list or dream list, you know, directors, actors you'd like to work with? Mm, not really. No. <laughs> not at all? Um, so, I mean, for, I mean, for me, it's like... I'd love to work with Clint Eastwood. Um, oh, wow, cool. Yeah, I'd love to work with Clint. He's he's old now, though. But <laughs> um, I think that's that's one director that would, 
really excite me to work with. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know. The way I live life is really quite just go with the flow. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like sometimes if I set very specific goals, I limit myself mm -hmm. because I'm not being completely open to what gets pulled up yeah. for me. Just um, uh, the reason I ask that is like, you know, oftentimes I would think um, like somebody like, you know, Wong Kar Wai or. Oh, yeah, Wong Kar Wai. Hell like, yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino or, you know, Martin Scorsese. Like that would be like, I, I wouldn't even be able to speak if I. You know, really? I saw them. Yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino is my dad's fan. Oh, really? Because I was in a movie called Man oh, of yeah. the Iron he, Fist. He, he watches all of those. Yeah. It's yeah. 70s, um, martial arts films and like i i found out and i called my dad up it was like 3 a.m in the morning and he i was like dad quentin tarantino's your fan and he was like you woke me up to tell me that i was I like uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes i did wake you up to tell you that yeah. he's like it's late it's 3 a.m here good night <laughs> um yeah, okay yeah, yeah this, i i think these are the questions that i had um but i mean we covered a lot of ground we went from your childhood to what you like to politics to <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so thank you for your time um it's been a joy having you around here thank and it's you. good to connect reconnect again yeah um and i imagine you'll be in beijing a lot probably yeah. i don't know we'll coming see. on yeah so um i wish you all the success and, thank you and um make you know continue to make kick-ass movies thank you and hope to talk to you again soon yeah we'll, we'll see each other but yeah thanks guys thank Bye. you Thank <laughs> you.